Geek Shock. Geek Shock. This is Starcade, TV's first video arcade game show, starring your favorite video games and some brand new ones being introduced to the public for the first time anywhere. And now, here's your host for Starcade, Jeff Edwards. Yeah, mm, chocolate bacon. shell. Surprisingly, dark chocolate covered bacon is really good. Yeah, dark chocolate surprised me at all. The milk chocolate does not, to at least for me, does not work as a good blend. But if you have the bacon and it's uh, coated with the darker chocolate, like you're you're more cacao based, it's really really freaking good. I mean, it's very tasty. Have you had the slap and tickle down at uh, the beat? I've had slap and tickle, but not down there. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one yeah. with the jalapeno in it? Yeah, I have had it. Jalapeno. It, yeah. It's really good. No, I haven't had that. It sounds good. I've it, heard about it. It has no business being as good as it is. Right. Yeah. yeah I had it is it a jalapeno jelly or? No, it's got jalapeno pieces. Just and I had it without the jalapeno once, and nope, needs the jalapeno. Needs the jalapeno. Jalapeno huh? makes it. I'm not mm. a big fan of jalapeno, but I love it in that. I is had it fresh a, or pickled jalapeno? I have no idea. I'm not a big jalapeno eater. Torgo can attest. We had some uh, some jalapeno chocolate here one time. It was like the really dark, like rainforest reserve. Whatever. If anybody wanted to get get on it, uh, Tabasco. Oh, spicy chocolate. It's excellent. I'm I'm down to try it. I'm always down to try something new. It's odd that it's coming in a up. Oh, there's oh, only two pieces see? left. It's that good. I will step away. You, 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 split. you, you want to? I'll, I'll split a piece with no, you. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Welcome, folks. It, it is Geek Shock number one eighty-eight. I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Just Michael. Uh, fact check Andy. And we're here to talk weekend geek, and we're also talking joyful culinariness. Yes, first, what's going in her mouth? We're doing that on the audio. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the first one of that was uh, was Paul's beer candy. That's true. That was that one was pretty awesome. Uh, okay, so we're doing Tabasco yeah. spicy chocolate. Yes. Where'd you pick this up? I don't even remember. Like five years ago. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I found that under the couch. <laughs> it's not bad. I'm not really tasting the spicy though. It, it, it's it's very Creeps subtle and at you. the end, and okay. it doesn't have any Tabasco flavor to it. Just a spice. So yeah. it's, it's really light dark chocolate, not really heavy. Strong cacao. Yeah, yeah, that so sounds better than you were making it sound. That's okay, okay. Now no, there's spice. Away. There's spice to it. There's spice now I'm here. starting to feel a little bit of the yeah. heat. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not overwhelming. Makes, Makes you it's happy. Yeah. Um, Whole Foods, I don't know if they still do it, but they used to make their own chocolate. and mm. At least the one in Austin did. And uh, we'll have to ask uh, Barry when we see him next if they're still doing that. But they did a red pepper flake chocolate. Ooh. It was really good. Nice. Yeah. That Big sounds head. like it would be good. I think they actually that was their better than sex chocolate. Better than sex chocolate. I remain unconvinced. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, there you are. <laughs> when did he sneak in? Yeah. Yeah, Paul's celebrating his wife's birthday this fine yes. day. So it's always some excuse and it always revolves around the wife. Well, happy birthday, Anne. Happy day. birthday, Anne. Happy birthday. As if not she'll even listen to the episode. Normal Paul. <laughs> she knows better. <laughs> it is funny though when he's not here. I have to think for a second where I am in the rotation. Oh, when that's what we're to do. Like, the introduction. You. Yeah, it, it, we are creatures of habit. I know. There's no doubt. That's really why I moved to the center of the couch just so oh, I know so, to go after. Oh, you. okay. Otherwise, so there was I would have totally stepped on your feet. So there was a method I, here. I stutter yeah, every time okay. I say it, so you know I'm, I'm still not used to saying it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so get this. Uh, this week I pulled out the Dragon's Lair DVD collection. 
that I have on my shelf. First time I pulled a DVD out of my collection in an age. That's the one that you can control with the remote and yeah. the actual. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. you play the Dragon's Lair game with heavy stops and stutters as it changes right. tracks. Well, n- not like it didn't do that it on the touch- actual game yes, back in the day. Touchy but to an extreme, original? Uh, well, yeah, of course. Maybe even a little more so because... If you haven't played a video game on your DVD remote, man, you haven't lived. Well, maybe you have. <laughs> I remember when you got that, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's still pretty awesome, and I wouldn't mind you know, upgrading a Blu-ray eventually. But what I, what I uh, enjoyed about it is there is an episode of Starcade on there, the, the official... Right. Uh, the, uh, the special Dragon's Lair Starcade. If you're not, not familiar with Starcade, uh, Starcade was an early 80s video game game show for kids out of California. Yep. You would start two kids. They would answer questions about video games. The person that had the higher score in the questions part got to go first against a in a video game, usually a new one they were introducing to the market. Right. And then uh, whoever got the highest score you know, won that round and, and repeat and infinitum. Right. And so I've never heard of this. Starcade, you can find, uh, obviously, episodes on YouTube. Starcade has their own website that has episodes available. Uh, So they they still want to show it out there. I mean, this was episode 99, if it showed how long that show actually did last. Wow. And most people didn't see it because I believe it was only on TBS, the Superstation. I think it was, yeah. if you didn't have cable... To the Wikipedia. You did not get to watch it. So... Uh, the Dragon's Lair Collector's Edition has the Starcade episode with Dragon's Lair on it, and I'm watching that, enjoying it. I don't know why they decided to leave some commercials intact. Maybe that they were attached particularly to that episode that were bought, but there was some uh, Walt Disney Mickey Mouse record, because, you know, there was records and cassettes on, being sold to you on your television in the 80s at Infinitum. With and this the- was like Mount Mouse Dance or or something like that. All right. original music about Mickey and Friends. Was it not in the Mouser size? It I was had not Mouser size. I it, had that one. It was not growing up. Not in the Mousey Disco or any of that. It was it was its own eighty very eighties mouse songs. All right, but it had the whole thing all the way to the end with the eight hundred number where to send your check and money order to and all that. So, and I was watching with my girl at the time, who I was introducing to Dragon's Lair, basically. And you horrendous nerd, you. Right. <laughs> and uh, so she's like, and I'm like, I wonder if that number still exists. So she whips out her phone and starts dialing the 1-800 number to see where this path now leads. So for those of you out there who want to relive this experience, find yourself the Dragon's Lair DVD collection. I don't know if the Blu-ray has it, so DVD collection with Dragon's Lair 2 and Space Ace. Call that number because it was since bought by one of those dial lawyers supporting uh, against uh, vaginal mesh, it turns out. (laughs) If you have burning and itching, press 3. So, yeah. So, what used to belong to Disney now belongs to the vaginal mesh lawyers. So, that was an enjoyment. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, Starcade. Is that... Original run, December 27th, 1982 to September 1984. Wow. Okay. It was on for a while. Originally aired on WTBS. So that was before the... uh, I actually had cable during part of that. I missed that. I remember seeing the show a few times. Uh, This says Alex Trebek was involved in it. Really? Yeah. Uh, It it wasn't a part of the show. No, it just says presented by, and it has a group of... His five produ- names or four names here. Yes. And yeah, basically, it doesn't list him as producer, executive producer, but 
They have uh, two guys that I don't know who they are, but Alex Trebek is listed as the presented by, and it says 1982 pilot. Yeah, so if you want to see a collection of forgotten arcade games in play, check out Starcade because there are games there you have never seen. And I'm talking about you oldie but goodies that lived in the arcades in the early 80s. Machines that apparently never left California. I don't know. Oh, here's something. Okay, so this is on the broadcast history. It says, Starcade was produced by JM Productions Company for Ted Turner to air on WTBS and later syndication by Turner Program Services. Starcade was the first to be a video game show and set the blueprint for similar game shows like Video Power, Nick Arcade, and Arena. Oh, all those. Sure. I, I don't know those. Arena was, on, uh, <laughs> Arena was on G4. I kind of remember Arena. Now, it says the show was used to showcase brand new arcade games. Shortly after the series cancellation, a second JM-produced video arcade game show, The Video Game, was aired <laughs> for a brief period from 84 to 85. It's the creative titling that gets me. Uh, Starcade aired in repeats on the G4 network from its inception in 2002 to 2004, shortly before its merger with Tech TV. And that's the only history they have of it here. More that's need. more than I there know. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Now you know. And knowing now, half the battle. What's curious is, is, uh, is did the vaginal mesh lawyers get a hold of that 1-800 number, or is Disney going into the vaginal, <laughs> vaginal mesh, mesh business? Yes. Yeah, once they bought Touchstone, once they had Touchstone, it all went downhill. And you know, <laughs> porn and vaginal uh, mesh. They're, they're willing to do whatever it Touchstone takes Touchstone leads to vaginal mesh. It's a cause. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a direct cause. But any other geeky things you did this week, gentlemen? I went to Calico to a Wild West Fest steampunk thing. That, there uh, there that was a really steampunk cool. thing in Calico? Yeah, it was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> Tell me about that. Uh, they, uh, I, it was on a Saturday, Sunday thing. I was, could only be there for Saturday because I had to be back here uh, Saturday night for another thing. So I went out Friday night with uh, with the girl, with uh, my daughter, and uh, we we there was like an opening night thing. So there was a band playing some of old timey music and a bunch of steampunk sitting out on the porch, and I was just shooting a breeze with the League of Steam. Really? Yeah, Fantastic. Awesome. hanging out with them. I love League of Steam. And then uh, when we got there, there was uh, we could see we got there at twilight, and we could see the town, the ghost town, off kind of in the distance in the shadows. And suddenly we saw this <laughs> burst of fire. I'm like, ah! We got close, and there was a hot air balloon, and so oh, oh, nice. lit up. This, oh, it was, it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> nice. But then the next morning, you know, they they would open up at nine, and there were a whole bunch of. At nine, it was probably an eighty twenty mix of uh, steampunks and normals. And uh, as it got further along, you know, the, the percentage got less and less. But they had a whole bunch of booths and people selling their, their gigas and their steampunk stuff. And Fun. Steam, uh, what is it? Um, Steam Power Giraffe was there. Okay. Um, which uh, is a band. I don't know them, but they're, they're, they're big, apparently, in the steampunk world. All right. And uh, I guess they're probably going to do it next year. But hopefully they'll do it a little earlier because it was goddamn hot. And then I came back here and did my thing. Saturday night was a work thing. And then Sunday went off to Pirate Fest, which was better than I expected it would be. Yar. Where was Pirate Fest? Uh, Lorenzi Park. And when, hmm. what was involved in Pirate Fest? It was basically a pirate-themed Ren Fair with steampunks and fairies. How have I not heard of Pirate Fest? I could have swore I told you guys about it. Yeah. Probably in my ear out the yeah. other. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's on the weekend when we all work. So There's that. Yeah. It was during the day. You guys work at night, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, speak, speaking of events, I, I did go to Foodie Fest here in Las oh, Vegas. I, I was so mad I missed it. Uh, this no, weekend. you're not. No? Foodie Fest is a great thing in theory. 
In uh-huh. practice, it is something else entirely. I heard that the uh, the uh, White Castle truck had uh, like two to three hour lines. Like, um, if yeah. you got in line, it was going to be like three hours before you got to the front of the line to get whatever it is you wanted. And it wasn't just the White Castle. It was like truck. all of them. Every single food truck, and there were over thirty there. Right. Uh, had an hour wait for wow. each one of them, and then of course you order your food. There's twenty minutes later you get it. Uh, so over the course of three hours, I tried four things from two trucks. Wow. And paid ten dollars a head for the privilege oh, to do so. Goodness. So. Uh, like I said, in theory, amazing, but everybody was there and everybody was in line. Yeah, you know, I mean, you you call Comic Con Line Con, right? I, this one this is was, a rival. The whole thing about the food truck. I mean, I've never been to a food truck where the line wasn't longer than I wanted to be for the quality of food that was there. Yeah, yeah. It's always been like, oh, this is a decent bit of food for you know a twenty minute wait. Yeah, <laughs> it, it depends on where and when you are. Uh, I mean, like I I went to Fuku Burger uh, food truck. I actually hit it twice, um, and when it was, it's on like Spring Mountain on the west side. Um, I want to say in the Valley View area, it was like uh, the parking lot of uh, some automotive center. That, that cause, but it was later at night, so that automotive center was closed down. Now both times when I got there, there were two or three people waiting, but there wasn't a line to go up and place your order. It was just a matter of waiting for them to cook it and then get it out to you. That would have been but, nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, both times, uh, you know, both the different burgers I tried were were awesome. Uh, I've been meaning to go back and try it again, but it just it's it's tough with their schedule and where they're at and and my schedule. Sure. But, uh, so and I haven't got a chance to try some of these other ones. Like uh, at uh, CES this year, they had several of the food trucks out in front. But silly me, I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to be on the floor all day, so I go to eat before. I get to CES because I don't want to pay the ridiculously <laughs> high prices of, of for the convention the, for the, the convention built-in food. convention food. Now they have gotten better with the the convention uh, area uh, food outlets, which are all over the place. Right. They've got, the the quality has gotten better, but the prices no more are cheese still, whiz nachos. Uh, no, I mean they 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 actually have some decent and they have different choices. Like they had uh, there was a deli, there was a um, um, place that was serving Indian food. Okay, fine. Um, you know, they, they like I said different types of cuisine all over the place, but you're still paying 5 bucks for a 20 ounce bottle of Pepsi. And, you know, yeah. all okay. that stuff. It's but, amazing. It's amazing how much nutritional value you're willing to ascribe to a chocolate chip cookie when it costs you 4 or 5 bucks. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. I, I can survive on this for the next 8 but hours, I was, sure. But I was so upset cuz I got there and I always I always do. Uh, I take the monorail because I don't want to deal with the parking in and around. Uh, okay, sure. The LVCC, Las Vegas Convention Center, for those who don't live here in Vegas. Um, so, locals get a dollar each way ride ticket on the on the monorail. So, I park, ride the monorail up there. So I'm coming in from outside of the convention center, different from where most people most people go through the hotel to get to the convention center. Right. Right. So I'm coming from outside, and sure enough, right before I get to the crosswalk that takes you into the convention center, they have all the food trucks lined up. And I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I just ate, And they did not jack up their prices. And you were there early enough there were no lines because nobody was yeah, there. Yeah, there were no lines. I mean, this is probably – it was probably about 11.30 in the morning, close to noon. So about the time most people are going to eat. But 
None of the food trucks had any lines. There were maybe one or two people. They did not jack up their prices for uh, for the fact that they're at uh, the convention center. <laughs> but I had just eaten on my way to the con- uh, to the convention center so that I wouldn't have to uh, right. suffer on the floor walking around for hours on an empty stomach. So tip for those who either were disappointed or yes. missed Foodie Fest, yes. wait till CES comes, yeah. and then just go enjoy the food trucks out front. Because not only do they have the food trucks from in and around Las Vegas, they had a couple from like California yeah. that drove California in specifically for this. get out here pretty regularly. Wow, that's a hell of a road trip. Yeah. So yeah, Probably worth come it, out though. here and make good money. Yeah. And Drive another, that another tip: across some hobby. you don't have to have uh, a convention badge to go enjoy the food trucks no, outside not the, outside the convention part, center because yeah. they are outside. Yeah, my dear. I follow a few gourmet food trucks on Facebook or Twitter, and that's the best way food to track them. Yeah, food truck. it really is. I know <laughs> it. It's like this is getting way too foody all of a sudden. Because if you go on their websites, they they don't always some, update them. They, yeah, they don't always update them, but. But, but they're always Twitters tweeting, better, yeah. you know, hey, we're going to be here. Hey, and we're here. No line. Come join us. And you're like, are they nearby? There's also some apps uh, that'll track different food trucks. I had, I don't use any of those, but Yelp has it. added the food ca- the food truck category to their app now. Oh, nice. So, or okay. and then the website. So if you type in food trucks uh, Las Vegas, or you know, just type in food trucks, it'll give you a list of the ones that are. Um, in your area. Well, now that we've completely pushed our listeners' yes. patience to the edge, right. any other geeky <laughs> things you want to talk about, guys? I, I did remember one other thing. Geeky. Yeah, I uh, I called all seventeen comic shops this week. Are you getting all ready the seventeen for, one uh, for for uh, free, free comic, comic day, day, which is this Saturday? Oh, nice! So you call called them to? I was writing an article about free comic ah, day. I so gotcha. I okay. called every shop. Now, not much of that made it in there because you know <laughs> I've only got so much room to put it in. But sure, but Fact I talked. Was I talking to all see, of them. Uh, are you going to have any booth, babes? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, a lot of that. What, what, what are, are you doing you know, besides so, the free comics? So, so in your opinion, you highlights for uh, Vegas you know, comic, um, well, comic book Obviously, day. Ralph's over alternate reality you got to go to. Right. Uh, Cosmic Comics, which is uh, Flamingo and Sandhill. That's my favorite. Uh, he's got a bunch of, um, he's going to be doing raffles. So he's got, one of the things he's raffling away is Iron Man number one. Are you and serious? He's, yeah, and he's, last year he raffled away Avengers number one, I think. Wow. Um, Damn. Yeah, great. I mean, great thing about Cosmic Comics, if you're a fan of the show Comic Book Man, it's pretty much like that inside Comic Book. Yeah, really Cosmic is. Comics. It's yeah. fantastic in there. You've got the characters all right there. And um, there was some shenanigans up in the Northwest where um, Battle Zone sort of got pushed out by a new location of um, Maximum. Maximum was set up in the same plaza, ah. so they moved over to North Las Vegas. And now they're the only comic shop in North Las Vegas, so that's probably one to check out. Um, and then there's a new shop down by your, um, not too far away from your, uh, your, uh, uh, works. No, no, down on uh, Blue no. Diamond Way. Uh, there's a shop called Cheese Boy Comics that looks pretty good. I actually went into that one and checked it out. That sounds familiar. Cheese Boy's on, da, 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 I don't know. By Games Workshop? I've heard it's, of it. It's, it's kind of, it's, it means that neck of the woods. It's okay. actually between there and uh, Spring Valley. All right. Yeah. Maximum Comics that kind of become the bad guy. Well, Maximum, I mean, I, I actually, when I, when I, talk, I talked to Jay at Maximum, I kinda, and, I, and I said, I, I'm looking here at the list, and there's 17 shops, and you only own three of them. He goes, I'm working on it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually can't fault them. They're actually a pretty good comic shop when it comes down to it. So that's, uh, that's this Saturday, which is May the 4th, which is yeah. also Star Wars Day, of course. So it's going to be yeah. a giant, wow, fantastic yeah. So thing. wherever you live, don't forget, free comics, Saturday. Free May comics the 4th. Day. 
be with you. Yeah. And you can go to free comics, I think freecomicday.org, and again, you can punch in your zip code and I'll tell you where the nearest shop is. Nice. Yeah, they're, 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 they've gotten that thing down pretty well now. And don't forget, you can listen to us on Stitcher. So you know, if you get the Stitcher app for your phone, you can listen to our podcast amongst a myriad of many other fantastic podcasts out in the ethers. So, Yes, indeed. That's where I get my Geek Shock. I also get my, uh, my other podcasts from there, too. Get your Nerdists. I get my Nerdists. I get my Pin Sunday School. Yeah. Uh, because uh, Paul suggested I got oh, Giant giant Bomb. Giant Bomb's great. Yeah. Still one of my long, personal favorites. Huge podcast. Three-hour-long podcasts yeah, every damn Jeez. time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta say, I gotta listen to the League of Steams one because apparently they do uh, um, liquor reviews. Oh, really? Yeah, that's interesting. They need to make more videos. I miss their videos. Uh, they are in the process of training a beagle. They've got they have a beagle that's very uh, patient about costumes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're they're trying to train a beagle to be their busker, basically. So after the thing, they're nice. a beagle walking around with a hat in its mouth, getting money from people. Uh, that oh, will okay. work. Yeah. There you go. That, that can't not work. No, that's that's brilliant. News you don't give a shit about. Let's get this show doing, doing what does We haven't been best. talking about that. I doing thought that. we were doing that. <laughs> I can hear our With whole audience the, screaming the, that. The food yeah. truck. Oh come on, food truck stuff is geeky. <laughs> food. Well, there, there's uh, what's the one in town? It's a there's a geeky food truck sliding in town. Throughs, yeah, yeah, sliding through. It's all covered with comic book stuff. Yeah, nice. Who wasn't days. at the really? foodie fest? Or at least I didn't see him if they were. <laughs> no, you don't give a shit about Toysworks. It's a company offers the latest innovation in Senran Kagura gear this f- July. I don't know what that means. Uh, I'm going to go on the record. This is just news I don't give a shit about because I don't understand it. <laughs> and can you spell Toysworks? Because the way you pronounce it makes me think there's some extra Z's and Q's and K's in oh, there. Oh, tr- oh, trust me. It's it's about to get better. Nayu <laughs> flavor scented Nitengomu. What? You're just making up words. Senran Kagura Mobile phone straps. You're reading the back of the Chinese food box. Basically, these are animes. An anime <laughs> show, in particular. And according to the advertising, each of the ten different rubber straps has a quote. Wait, wait, wait. Where the rubber straps come in? Yeah, I still don't know yeah. what no, you're you selling. Me. No, you heard me. What are you trying to no, sell me? Senran Kagura mobile phone straps. Little characters that hang off your phone. Okay. But phone charms. Scented. They're scented. They've got flavors. They, no, no, not flavor. Just they've scent. got aromas. And 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 they all have the same scent. Don't oh, they're all the, the same phone. Scent. There's ten different sta- straps, and uh, and uh, each has a quote faint breast scent unquote. A breast scent? <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> I your you know, guess is as good as mine. Um, <laughs> I hmm. Oh, I was already. I don't know what before to think that. about That's that. That's great. So is that just sweat? Does that sweat scent? It's it's uh, sweaty breasts, sweaty boob, sour milk, boob sweat. Maybe unless it's It's that under. Unless it's that scent that all the strippers put on their cleavage. That that same lotion everybody uses. Same Victoria's. They would say it's stripper smell. That's true. That's true. That so that rules that out. Breast scent. Breast scent. Um, I think the guy who, uh, the guy from Forty Year Old Virgin, when he was like, "Yeah, they're filled like bags of sand," wrote that article. (laughs) <laughs> and also made that scent. He's never smelt breasts in his life. Well, I don't know what they smell like. They they look cute. They look great. Yeah. Little yeah. cute, really great. disturbingly young anime girls that smell like breast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. That was me turning it off. Oh, I was like... <laughs> yeah, there's a whole video game going yeah. on over there. 
Doctors from across the nation have deemed it necessary to issue an official declaration that taking the cinnamon challenge, that is, eating a spoonful of cinnamon to prove it to YouTube that you will literally do anything to be stared at by strangers on the internet, is a terrible idea that can land you in the hospital. Cinnamon abuse-related calls to poison hotlines in the U.S. quadrupled between 2011 and 2012, with more than 30 people landing themselves in hospital beds after attempting to consume more cinnamon than a reasonable person should ever consider. Most embarrassing funeral ever. (laughs) In addition to coughing fits and occasional bouts of vomiting, eating that much cinnamon straight can cause serious respiratory damage? including a collapsed lung in one Michigan teen. So, yes, though we can't believe it has to be said, please don't eat cinnamon by the spoonful. That's what it comes down to. Wow. I'm tougher than everybody else. I can do it. Although I highly recommend watching Cinnamon Challenge videos because goddamn it. Yeah, they're hilarious. Because... It's, it's is, that, is that what we've come to at this point? It's the it's the the YouTube version of Jackass, only without the disclaimer and without getting paid. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Jackass without getting paid. We've already seen every skateboard kid in the world drop on a banister in his crotch. Yep. So you know we need something new. Yeah, I and guess and so. this is easily done in your kitchen. You have a video camera and a kitchen. Right. You can do this for everybody. Or if you have a cell phone that takes video. Sure. You don't even need video cameras anymore. And who's afraid of cinnamon? Yeah. No one. No one's afraid. Everybody's no one's afraid. Their... 30 people Everybody's are afraid of cinnamon. <laughs> I'm afraid of it now. 30 people are now afraid of cinnamon. Oh, I wasn't afraid of it before that, but, you know, if I don't feel the need to engage in massive stupidity, so I haven't done it. So and now, now I'm terrified of the cinnamon. Yes, you should be. Okay. Yeah, just ease off. Kids, don't do cinnamon. <laughs> hey, Bobby, you want some cinnamon toast crunch? Ah! No! Let's give it to Mikey. He eats anything. <laughs> Mikey died from a Not collapsed lung. Not after that challenge, yeah. Pop rocks is a collapsed lung. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. It's a Pop Rock cinema. Cap'n Crunch, the cereal brand. Oh, why is Paul, why is Paul not, not here? Not here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. This is this is the yeah, show that Paul should never have missed. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I, I, I can't. Oh, bring up. it's your Captain Crunch and the Shoggies. Oh, yeah. He's probably oh, the best I got. Oh. He's probably I can't bring up the, into the, the level right of uh, obscenity and racism he can. I'm sorry. It's just, <laughs> what happened to uh, my Shoggies? Oh. Fact check. I'm going to need you to start being fun of minorities. Just All to right. fill it. You're filling in for them. Goddamned Armenians! <laughs> <laughs> With their noses. That's like a thought, don't. I, yeah, just, just don't. Yeah. I guess if you want to, take a drink. <laughs> take, Cap- t- Captain uh, take a snort of cinnamon. Take a snort of cinnamon, yeah. Snort. So it's, it's Captain Crunch and not Captain Cunt. <laughs> yeah, that's from, your your joy. From there we go. Now you can have a drink. Oh, the cockberries! <laughs> many many episodes ago, yeah. Captain Crunch, the cereal brand, is launching an online late night talk show. What? <laughs> for its beloved animated character. What? what? Targeting the stoner audience. <laughs> so this is like Space Ghost Coast to Coast, but with Captain Crunch. That's what it seems like. A new yeah. uh, a new online animated series called. The Captain Crunch Show will feature nine episodes throughout the spring and summer on its YouTube channel. Uh, it will air at 11.35 p.m. Eastern Standard uh, and is uh, aimed at an adult audience. Uh, a new episode will be available every other Tuesday starting May 7th. The captain, whose full name is Captain Horatio... I know. Wait. Please. It's Horatio Hornbore Crunch, right? 
No. Damn. I but you get it. half a point for okay. being half right. Uh, Captain Horatio Magellan Crunch. Mm. All right. All right. I'll take the half point. All right. An iconic animated figure who started in the commercials during Saturday morning cartoons from the 60s to the 80s. He will conduct interviews with animated celebrities and fictional characters within a giant cereal bowl. He, he gets out of the bowl, too, but only when not with guests. Uh, topics of conversation will vary from pop culture to social media, and he'll have his sidekick Sea Dog along for the ride. The cereal box this summer will feature a call-out for the show, uh, directing consumers to the YouTube this, channel. This can only go two ways. It can either This can be the last we hear of it, or it can be a weird cult sensation. Uh, There's no middle ground for this thing. Mm-mm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Pretty much. Could be poor advertising, or it could be, you know, huge in the stoner crowd. Yeah. Just could be stupid just enough to be brilliant. Right, yeah. It's crazy, but it just might work. And if nothing else, we just did, you know, five minutes for Captain Crunch. There we go. <laughs> we, we got do, that. Do we get Watch paid some wild, wild stuff. Is that a sponsorship? Uh, oh. Officially, yes. That is a sponsorship. So, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting, Quaker. We're waiting for our Bring checks. Bring it on. We're waiting for our checks. You know, we don't need checks, just uh, boxes of oh, cereal. Samples. Check Captain cereal. Crush. Free samples. <laughs> yeah, we get, that's what we get. Check, you, check you, cereal. Unless you, that's Kellogg's. I don't know. Did you ever see that they have, a, they have like a box of Crunchberries only now? You can just buy a box yeah. of Crunchberries. Um, that wouldn't uh, be so bad if Crunchberries didn't suck now. Yeah, really. The original Crunch Berries were great, those sugar-coated motherfuckers. But the new ones are very, much, very Smurf Berry Crunch in its flavor now, and so it's it's a whole different creature. Oh man, what was it? it was why are we pink, still talking food? No, no, God damn it, we're back. Pink but, pan, but Smurf Berry Crunch is fun to flakes. eat. Uh, a fruity Smurfy breakfast yeah. treat. My, my 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 roommate in college ate a big bowl of pink panther flakes. And then threw up in his sleep and woke up with this giant smear of pink across his pillow. <laughs> I, I, I don't Bright even, neon pink. I don't even remember <laughs> Pink Panther Flakes. They were pink. They were very, so. very pink. I only vaguely remember them. Wow. I, I didn't realize they were pink because we never had them. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Right. News you don't give a shit about. Uh, I just, before I start this, I, say I love carnival games. Yes. But I know what I'm getting into with Carnival Games. Right. Yeah, I, you don't expect fixed. to win. I'm yeah. throwing away this $2. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're going to, yeah, or, or you're going to pop a balloon because that will get you the keychain or whatever. Right. right so yeah. it's, you know. Although Torgo won me a little stuffed duck one time. That's so romantic. It, it is. Well, it's, it's love. It was, you're, you're it, well it was at Fright Dome. <laughs> you're well aware that there's no prize up there that costs that is more expensive than the actual price you're paying. That's oh, yeah. right. Yeah. And if there's an Xbox up there, that's an empty box full of sawdust because that's not going anywhere. Yep. All right. So this is understood. But it takes a very special sort of mark to lose their savings on a carnival game. And 30-year-old Henry Gribbon is exactly that sort of mark, losing $2,600 playing the ball toss game Tubs of Fun at a New England carnival. Now, let's be perfectly clear on one point. If you lose $2,600 on a carnival ball toss game, you thoroughly deserve to lose that $2,600. Yeah, that's yeah. Darwin in action, right? Yeah. That, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's economic Darwinism. No one in the history of currency has deserved to lose their money more than someone who loses their money playing carnival games. Because, like we said, they're rigged as hell, and everybody knows it. So this is the one where you throw the... the light ball into the peach basket basically yes that's exactly what this game is and mr gribbon did how to beat that now he didn't lose it in one 
swoop. Not even not one go. No, Mr. Gribbholm lost $300 on the game. He then went back home, got $2,300 he had squirreled away for a rainy day like a responsible adult, and uh, went back to the carnival and proceeded to lose every cent of it on the same ball toss game. Uh, How? Quoting Mr. Gribbholm, you're expecting the kids to win a few things. Let the kids have a good time. It just didn't turn out that way, unquote. On returning to the carnival the next day after winning nothing, uh, Mr. Gribbholm received a $600 refund, which the carnival claims is the sum that he spent on the game the day before. He also received, at no extra cost, the best booby prize in the world, an enormous anthropomorphic stuffed banana with dreadlocks. I've seen that stuffed banana with dreadlocks. Yeah, he, he won that. Uh, he's considering filing a lawsuit against the carnival, presumably under the cherished legal tradition of shenanigans. Sure. Now, does it, does, in the story, does it list whatever ridiculous town out in, uh, in New England town it's in, whatever the name is? Uh, New Hampshire. It's in New Hampshire. Hampshire. That much I know, and that's all I know. Okay. Um, no, it's not Quahog. I, I do know they've taken that game uh, out of there because, as the owner of the carnival says, if the game is pending investigation, they are not allowed to set up. Ah. So. So it's brought some bad press, apparently. But apparently in this case, there was a connect that the guy was paying, that was playing for, and he just basically went insane. How much does a connect cost? Like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. He bought every console available four times He bought 26 connects. Yeah. Jesus. So, yeah, good on you. Bought out the entire Laconia area. Cheers! Cheers to Mr. Gr- Grimholm. Or the guy really has Mr. a gambling Griswold. addiction, is what it is, and he needs he needs to seek some help. There is there's obviously a, that. There's a one eight hundred number for that. You can call him or spend fifteen bucks on a book on how carnival games work. Or he yeah. bought how about ten. Or, yeah. Or he bought ten Xbox Connect bundles. <laughs> no, that's just it. He didn't. He, no, he just he dumb. could have. He easily could have. That's the thing. I. I after spending ten bucks, saying you know what this was fun, but I really want that connect, I'm going to go buy one. Yeah, he right. he decided to instead waste his entire life savings. Yeah. I, I I feel would, like there's something I'm missing. I want him yeah. to really go to court, too. and I want the judge to just slap him for being an idiot. Yeah, I do. I want this court case to happen. I think there's a connection between downloadable content and uh, carnival grifting, <laughs> <laughs> or just get a Wii with carnival games. That's there you go. You can actually your, win those. You can fix your addiction. You know, the only one I ever was like obsessed bucks. with was you had the uh, the BB repeater. The oh, we shoot like out the, the star. We shoot out the star. Okay. And I came so damn close, like twice. I ended up doing it like five times, but like the first you one I did actually ended up. Talking out the whole star five times. You tried yeah. five times. I tried the, the. I did the thing five times total. Yeah. But of those five times, two of them, I had what I thought was every little bit of the star. It's always one little but they always bring, bring it up edge. and show you there's this little sliver of black that you yeah. missed. Uh huh. And and that's when you lose. Yeah. But after the fifth time, I was like, "Fuck this, done." I've, I've never seen anybody win that one either. No, that, nobody that, does no, because that that's how they that's yeah. how they get it because it's hollow behind there, so the paper is going to fold back mm-hmm. as it's shot yeah. out. So there's always going to be a little speck. Of, I mean, you really cannot win this game. No, you can't. Right? You would have to completely blast around the star. Yeah, you're paying entirely. You are paying your two dollars to shoot a weird gun. 
But the fact that I only Which, spent ten dollars like, total, I was just like, I was fine with it. Yeah. You know, two dollars. It a looks try. like a Tommy gun. Yeah, the whole thing set up all thirties like. I went down to the uh, one of the gun ranges down here and fired a Tommy gun. That was fun. See, yeah, hmm. that was. I could see paying that. Yeah, it's fun to be had and shooting. Yeah. Weekend geek. Yay! Yay! Uh, Iron Man 3 got off to a gargantuan $195 million start in 42 foreign markets over the weekend. Whoa. Robert Downey Jr.'s third solo outing as billionaire inventor Tony Stark has already made $10 million more than Marvel's The Avengers had in the same period last year. Are you serious? Which certainly bodes well for next weekend's debut. Yeah. Wow. So Marvel Phase 2 already starting big. Yeah, huge. So. Any uh, any injuries in the uh, Korean 4D <laughs> in the uh, bubble. Experience? I think someone was drowned in a bubble. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I haven't heard a thing about that since. <laughs> but uh, good on them oh, for wait, getting wait, weird wait, with wait. it. All right, here we go. The bubble is my eye. No, I can't do it. Sorry. That's as far yeah. as I can Take go. a drink, anyways, guys. Yeah. We're trying. Yeah. We're trying here, guys. Yeah. We're trying. <laughs> it's hard without Paul. So sci-fi is a new show. Just in fact, it is. Uh, I'm not weird. Iron Man. I mean, it's I'm nearly. Jail. It's nearly 9 p.m. here, as we're talking. And which is begins William Shatner's new show on Sci-Fi Channel. Oh yeah, what is William Shatner's new show on Sci-Fi it's, Channel? Uh, it's a called uh, Weird or What. Yeah, Weird or What. It contains three separate stories of the bizarre and unexplained. As the show unfolds, it weighs various supernatural and scientific theories that attempt to explain the story, and sometimes features uh, tests conducted as proof of the theory's plausibility. The show features strange occurrences such as aliens, ghosts, monsters, and natural disasters and could lead you to question your understanding of what is real, what isn't, so it's and what's like a, just plain weird. So it's like a game show you have to figure out what's weird and what's what? Uh, it's just William Shatner doing Ripley's Believe It or Not, what I can see. Yeah, it's... But it's Shatner being weird. Weird? It's funny what was the one that Jonathan Frakes did? Oh, what was the Factor one? Factor faked, right? Factor faked? Is yeah, that it? Fake, fake, fake or fact? So they're using old scripts yeah. in that, basically. Okay. Well, that and Alien Autopsy, he did that, too. Oh, I forgot that was him. <laughs> Jeez, you're right. That totally was him. Yeah. Alien fakes Topsy. It, it, oh, I remember I saw that. I'm like Everybody was like, oh, my God, this it looks so real. I'm like, it looks so fake. We have the proof. <laughs> and then they brought in, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh that did all the uh, the uh, animation effects for uh, or the the uh, mechanical animation effects for uh, the Terminator. Uh, Winston, Stan Winston. Yeah, Stan Winston. They brought him in to to look at the video and 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 he's like, well, it could be real. I mean, this looks fairly. You know, I've done a lot of latex work over the years, and I'm just like, come on, Stan, you're better than this. Yeah, not better than this fourteen thousand dollar check. Probably, <laughs> you're probably right. How much am I getting per word? Okay. <laughs> oh, with Stan Winston Studios, still going strong. Run yep. by his kid, it's and great. they have the school now, the Stan Winston yeah. School. In fact, they, you can do like a DVD. I have some of their DVD classes. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so, nice. Mm. So that exists. So check it out. It's pretty damn cool. You, you actually have these. Yeah, I went to uh, Monster Palooza last year, and they were there, and I picked up a few. By the way, very worth it if you ever find. They have two of them now in California. Monster Palooza, son of Monster Palooza. Maybe in Bride coming soon. but it's about, So twice a year it comes out. Up in Burbank. So you find yourself in California, Monster Palooza. It's a joy. Especially if you're into, into the whole uh, face-off kind oh, of. Oh, face-off is a fun show. Yeah, yeah. so it's all. Practical uh, 
uh, effects. Yeah. If you like the practical effects, uh, practical effect makeup and models, model kits, yeah. That's factor oh, fiction, not like, factor fake. Sorry. Well, there's factor a lot of fiction. There's factor models, fiction. too. Because okay. well, who else are they going to put the makeup yeah, on? you got to put that stuff on somebody. Yeah. Beyond belief, factor fiction. You're Sorry. beyond belief. I know that I'm still going on on this, right? <laughs> Uh, Comedy Central is adding a nightly show hosted by Chris Hardwick to its late night lineup. The show is being run by the state alumni and Reno 911 creators Thomas Lennon and Ben Garant and is being produced by Funny or Die. Nice pedigree. Yeah, the show is yet unnamed and Deadline is reporting that it will be a panel format, which we've seen from Hardwick before in his Talking Dead show. The new show will air at on the midnight slot, 12 a.m., will likely focus on pop culture with a fair amount of social media involvement. Uh, Hard, uh, Hardwick's late night show is expected to premiere in the fall and will air on the same Monday through Thursday schedule as The Daily Show and Colbert Report. So it should go Daily Show, Colbert, Hardwick. Nice. Now, is it? Uh, has anybody watched the Nerdist show on BBC America? Yeah, I watch it. Is I it good? It. It's good. It's, I keep um, forgetting to record it. What did I... I was a little disappointed this last week because they were doing bits that they had done on the podcast on the TV show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is the same bit you did on the podcast. But it's, it's still good. It's, it was a good bit. So oh, okay. we're seeing. So if you're a Hardwick stalker, it's nothing new. You, it's nothing new. But it's good stuff. Yeah. And you get, you know, you get the, uh, the visuals to go along with it. Uh, Seth MacFarlane's The Cleveland Show has been widely expected to be canceled, and the Animation Guild recently confirmed the show is finished. The show had a respectable. It four was still se- running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> show had a respectable four-season run on Fox, comprising 88 total episodes. Fox Animation Studios is still humming along with Family Guy and American Dad, so MacFarlane remains busy. Though an undetermined number of Cleveland Show rank and file are likely to be laid off. So sad. Yeah, it's so sad. It never grabbed me. No, it never I mean, really grabbed me. Really it didn't was, grab anybody. It was very up and down. There were some that you're just like, "Oh my god, this is freaking hilarious!" And then the next episode, it was just kind of meh. In fact, my hope, Cleveland moves back to Quahog because he was better as a side character than his own. Yeah. So I agree. And, and you know what? Probably it'll happen because Family they, Guy is still going. I mean, granted, you you might have one new episode and then go a month with, before the next <laughs> new episode airs. I still do not get. I don't know whether it's Fox, whether it's Fuzzy Door Productions. I don't know what it is, but like with American Dad and Family Guy, it's 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 so inconsistent. Yeah, I know. I've started watching Family Guy on Netflix now, just because it's you, the only primary way of getting Family Guy. You have the, in your list. Do you have the Netflix thing? Do you have the Netflix thing in your list about today? Apparently not. Okay. The, the new the new show that that's starting in July. No, Netflix is uh is like the final day on Netflix for a bunch of stuff because a whole bunch of stuff is being pulled today. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it's like the Time Warner stuff. Like eighty percent of the library. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of it's disappearing. Great. Hmm. Interesting. I wish I knew what that was. And hey, why did I not find that in the nice news? I found that on Facebook. Oh, I'll check everybody's Facebook page for news. If I did, the show would be real stupid. <laughs> uh, this month, the Strong National Museum. You ever heard of the Strong? Nope. Nope. Oh, right, wait. It's the National Museum of Play. Huh? The it's called strong. the Strong. The, the Strong National, National Museum. Museum of Play. It's in Rochester, New York. 
uh, opened up a new permanent exhibit called Game Time, featuring 300 years of gaming history. Uh, though game lovers of all sorts will likely find something of interest of them, for them in the exhibit, fantasy lovers will be particularly interested in a somewhat mysterious pair of type, uh, typewritten documents collectively known as the Dalhoun Manuscript. Named after a previous owner, Keith Dalhoun, the manuscript bears many striking similarities to the original 1974 edition of Dungeons and & Dragons, and gaming experts now believe it's actually the earliest current known surviving version of D&D. That, wow. ass- that assessment of the manuscript's importance comes from gaming scholar and RPG expert John Peterson, author of the book Playing at the World, and the current owner of the Dalhoun Manuscript. Based on his analysis of the manuscript's rules, language, mechanics, and the history of D&D, he believes it dates to the spring of 1973, that's the year before D&D was first published, and was probably used for playtesting by the game's legendary developers, Gary Gygax and Dave Arnson. Cool. Quote, it captures the system at around the midpoint of development, with the core concepts of dungeon exploration and fantastical combat in place, but it lacks some features of the mature game and exhibits a few intriguing variations, Peterson said. While many questions remain about the exact circumstances under which it was produced, the Dalhoun Manuscripts provides the most important window into the invention of role-playing games since the 1977 publication of Dave Arnson's first fantasy campaign. Unquote. Nice. Wow. So you find yourself near Rochester, New York, Go to the strong and see your forebearers. Yeah. Cool. I wonder how big this place is. I wonder, are we talking about somebody's garage or is this actually like a... <laughs> it's called the strong. Yeah. And it's the National Museum of Play, right? National. I don't it's know. It's National Museum of Play. Yeah. <laughs> I was That's... watching an episode of, of uh, Toy Hunter the other day and he goes to a place called the quote-unquote Nerdzeum. And he gets there, and it's just two guys that have rented out an office build, an office space in an office building. And showing and off they, their collection? And they had a giant <laughs> a collection of stuff that they had a lot of duplicates of and were trying to get rid of. And I was like, uh, not exactly as advertised. I mean, they had some good stuff, but at the same time, it was like, wow. You guys have put a sign up on your door that says, The Nerd, Nerdzeum, and it's not. By that rights, our place is... The yeah. Museum. We uh, actually ours has a better pedigree, I think, than theirs did. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot more stuff. They had a little more, a few more rare items than we do. But one of the weirder comic shops in town is, I think it's a uh, Forbidden Zone. I think is what it's called. But it's uh, it's in um, the front of a storage unit place. I've been there. So it's like the front offices of a storage unit place. Where's and, this? Huh. It's Flamingo and Buffalo. It's right on the corner of my house. And, Interesting, and they they keep absorbing more office spaces. So there's like room upon room upon room. When you first walk in, it kind of looks like some guy had his stuff stored in a basement, and his mom was like, "You have to get rid of this." <laughs> so he opened up a store. You know, it, but it gets better when you walk in the other room. But it gets he has, better. He has a lot. Well, he has a lot of toys. It gets better. He has a lot of weird. It toys. gets better, but it starts out like that. Yeah. It doesn't make a good first impression, that's for sure. I wonder if we should do something like that, because there's a self-storage place around the corner that you basically rent a storage unit, but like for a slightly larger fee, you get like an office front. So we could have like a storage unit with an office front. And it's so weird. I know, isn't it? But yeah, it, you can you can rent it out, and you know you have your your storage unit space and. You know, and then you have your little office front so that people can walk in, and you have a quote-unquote legitimate storefront for them to walk into. So that's what made me think of when you when you mentioned that, like it's almost like that's what they did initially, and then that sounds like the beginnings of a successful business. All right, (laughs) (laughs) gone here, here today, gone tomorrow.
with pirated viewership rivaling paying customers for the HBO's Game of Thrones, everybody seems to be getting in on the piracy debate, but no one has probably said it better than U.S. Ambassador to Australia Jeffrey L. Blythe, with uh, Australians apparently accounting a large percentage of those pirated views. Uh, Blythe has uh, issued a geekily awesome plea on Facebook to encourage fans across the globe to use legal means and actually support the show so HBO can keep making more seasons filled with dragons and intrigue. Uh, here's an excerpt from his statement. I realize that fans of Game of Thrones who have used illegal file-sharing sites have reasons. They will say it was much easier to access through these sites or they got frustrated by the delay of the first season or their parents wouldn't pay for a subscription or they'll complain about some other issue with copyright laws. But none of those reasons is an excuse. Stealing is stealing. Buying a book in a store costs more and takes longer than stealing it from your neighbor's house, but we all know it's the right thing to do, and it allows authors to make a living and write more books. So please, celebrate you and World Book and Copyright Day by doing the right thing. Tyrion Lannister will thank you for it, unquote. Simple to the point. And the response was, Arr, we be pirates. We take what we want. Yeah, pretty much. That's, yeah. In response, Pirate Bay moved to another country and yeah. reopened up shop. Uh, the 1995 sci-fi flick Johnny Mnemonic, uh, starring Keanu Reeves, is being reimagined. Wait, what, give me that again? Johnny Mnemonic? Oh, Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah. I was hearing that as one giant word, and I thought it was a, a Godzilla monster. Johnny Mnemonic! Well, <laughs> versus Gojira. I remember yeah, that yeah. one. Uh, Destroy All Monsters kind of ended that up. Uh, it's being reimagined as a weekly TV series. No network uh, network is attached yet, but the studio behind Sci-Fi's Lost Girl, Prodigy, is involved in early development. Uh, based on a short story by Sci-Fi author William Gibson, the dystopian flick focused on a guy with a cybernetic brain implant tasked with moving some highly sensitive data. The production comp- company has some talent lined up behind the scenes, including some folks who are apparently involved in the long-running Stargate franchise, SG-1, Atlantis, and Universe, but no word on which specific writers are signed on. Now over at MTV, the network has greenlit a show based on the 1990s horror slasher Scream. The film is best known for the ghost-faced mask worn by the knife-wielding killers. Still no word on who will head up the Scream series though the network is apparently talking uh, to original Scream director Wes Craven to see if he's interested in directing the pilot. Oh, Stargate Universe. Loved that show. I'm I was still catching so up. upset. It looked good. I, I mean, I didn't watch a single episode of it, so it's my fault. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, it was a darker... Yes. But, but you know, the ratings weren't terrible compared with like the other Stargate series. But that was back when sci-fi decided they didn't want to do sci-fi it, again. It, that was basically, I think, what right. killed it. And now they they and just now, started yeah. getting away from... They started getting more into fantasy and reality and all that crap, and they were getting away from scripted series. And now they're getting back into it. Yeah. Like, just and, starting to. And the, what kills me is, like, the show ended on a, on a cliffhanger, and there were plans to do a Stargate Universe direct-to-DVD movie, like they had done with uh, SG-1. They did two uh, SG-1 direct-to-DVD to and Blu-ray movies. Yeah. Both were very good. Uh I thought Continuum was a little bit better than Arc of Truth, but Arc of Truth was what it was. It was supposed. It was the the next season of Stargate SG One, basically compressed down into about an hour and forty five minute movie. Oh, okay. It was it was it was the no writing problems there. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it's it was better than nothing. That's because the series ended after season ten, essentially not knowing what was going to happen. So they they 
did this movie and it it sold well enough that they were able to do the second one continuum or they, they had both of them in the works at the time but uh, they were supposed to do an Atlantis movie that fell through because of MGM television's troubles financially okay. and, and then uh, also Universe got uh, their movie axed as well I wonder if they did a novelization I have looked Finished around the novel. several times I mean there were there were uh, the the producers, uh, their names escape me right now. Okay. Uh, one of them had a an online blog, and he said, you know, good news regarding SGU and the wrap up. You know, we're in talks to do blah blah blah, and then they wound up falling falling through or something. So I don't know if they were going to do like with what Buffy did and do like a a season of oh, comics okay. or or novelizations. But long story short, the actual scripted e- um, ending or continuation of the show. Which had you know they had the story outline, never made it to any other type of media. So yeah, if they decide to bring it back, I don't think those actors are doing anything amazing. I think you well, I mean <laughs> yes and no, but I mean I think the problem is that all of the sets were torn down and sold off for other productions. It's all gone, man. So it's all you gone. Have, you have pieces of those sets now being used in other productions. Right. So. Was it, they uh, would have to completely build again from scratch. Was this uh, Firefly? The uh, the stormtroopers were wearing the costumes from um, crap. What was it? The movie with Doogie Howser. Um, oh, uh, Starship oh, Troopers. Starship yeah, Starship Troopers, yeah. troopers wearing yeah. Starship Trooper uniforms. Yeah, that's true. Um, Johnny Mnemonic. I don't yeah. remember much about the story itself. It's not great. Yeah, I remember okay. well the movie was bad. I remember yeah. the pinball machine. That was pretty badass. The, yeah, yeah, the pinball I machine saw the was pinball cool. Machine last week. Ah, yeah. I had a few people tell me that they read the short story and they liked it. I did. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I did. He was the people. In fact, if I remember but, correctly, the short story, the some of the characters from the short story end up showing up in um, in uh, Neuromancer. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. I think I think the chick with the uh, razor blade finger blades shows up in Neuromancer. If I remember okay. right. Okay. Interesting. So, do you think they've got enough to make a a, a series out of it? They'd have to take it different directions. Um, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that happens in Johnny Mnemonic and Neuromancer is the same kind of stuff they were doing in um, in. Uh, la, la, la. Wow, my brain is just frozen. Willy Wonka. I, I blame the Mangria. Um, no, uh, in uh, Blade Runner. No, House. Bullet Time. Oh. Okay. Uh, Matrix. Matrix. Matrix stuff. Okay. But without without the computer stuff being taken over, but but all the all the messing around in cyberspace stuff and then the cyberspace being a physical space they were doing in those books. Okay. I mean, you you could definitely make a series out of Johnny Mnemonic. It just depends on what you want to do with it. I mean, well, I know they could, the character, but could it be a good series? The that's character's got a sector of his brain that's, you know, uh, a storage unit, essentially. So it would just probably be your weekly, you know, what does he get into this time kind of thing. I remember there being, uh, I don't remember the movie much itself, but I remember the the world it created was pretty interesting. Uh, Film-wise. I never saw the movie, but from what I remember hearing, the, the world was pretty tight, but the acting was miserable and the story went different directions. What? With Keanu Reeves in, in charge of it? Why? How uh, could that be possible? Uh, uh, great Who actor. Else was, in was that Ice-T in there also? Was he in that? <laughs> could very well be. Wow. I don't remember. It's been so long. Yeah. It's not as good as the movie Bullet Time. Well, but they made a they made a series out of um, out of uh, oh god I should not be talking. They made a series out of uh, a Stephen King movie that was uh, Christine. No, 
Did Under they make the a dome. series out of Stephen? They didn't. No. Um, no, <laughs> the one where the guy's got the, the guy who predicts the future. Yes. Anthony and Michael Hall. Oh, yeah. I have oh, the Dead Zone. Oh, the Dead yeah. Zone. They yeah. made yeah. a series out of the Dead Zone, which, yeah. you know, the main characters are dead at the end of that book. That's true. So, yeah, they could do I it. I don't know where the series is going. Thanks for the spoiler. Damn it. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're beyond that spoiler easily, right? Right? Uh, it's been 33 years since Yoda was first introduced in the second Star Wars film, The Empire Strikes Back, what Paul calls the best movie ever made. Since then, he's appeared in four more Star Wars flicks and countless books, comics, video games, and more. But through all that, we've never been told his species, his place of birth, or why he talks like that. Uh, like many characters in the Star Wars universe, Yoda was originally going to be something more. Uh, George Lucas originally intended Yoda to be the character's surname. His first name was going to be Minch. Minch Yoda. Yoda. Minch Yoda. So he would have talked more like, uh, Oi there, Luke! Come Minch. over here! Well, or is it, or is it like the Bajorans from Star Trek, where like the the surname and the given name are flip flopped? So it could be Yoda Minch. No, maybe. And, and Yoda well, Minch. Knowing the laziness, because of the way he speaks, you know, everything is is swapped around. Knowing, knowing the laziness of of Americans and language, that's just going to get horribly run together. So eventually, he's just going to be called Minchota, and eventually, people are just going to call him Choda, <laughs> and nobody wants to be called Choda. No. No. Did you read um, Splinter of the Mind's Eye? No, I have never read it, that. It was one of, the, I think it might have been the first uh, Star Wars novel. Yeah. And, there, and there's a very Yoda-like character in there. Okay. And then it, and that thing came out before Empire. Yes, it did. Yeah. I, I remember it coming out. And because I remember the, the cover art and being but it's, just so entranced by it's it. It's like a sort of retarded Yoda. <laughs> Min- well, Minch, Yoda. <laughs> Now, Lucas eventually pared down the name, adding to Yoda's ever-present mystery. We're going to get you drunk one way or another. (laughs) (laughs) The name Minch did end up making a Star Wars appearance, though. Minch was another Jedi Master, also of Yoda's species, who lived 700 years before the Battle of Yavin and first appeared in the story Heart of Darkness in the Dark Horse comics, uh, Star Wars Tales number 16, first published in 2003. So in the end, we got Minch. We got Yoda. But we avoided Minchota. Mm. I won't be happy until they bring the big green rabbit into the series. That's what I want to see when they start <laughs> doing a Star Wars movie every year. Yeah, yeah, I look forward to that. I gotta admit, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. The big green rabbit. Great. No, in, in the comic, there was a big green rabbit Jedi. I remember reading a graphic novel that had Yoda in it, where Yoda was basically a frog. It seems to me that the comic book series is very influenced by Green Lanterns. Yeah. yeah okay. As far as like sure. the kind of aliens that they yeah. have, right? Like, like the Green Lantern Corps and the Jedi are are the, basically the from same. The same group. Yeah, they're yeah. pulling from the same group of people. Hell of a crossover. Just saying. It could have just <laughs> been that I was really young, but I remember reading several of the Star Wars comic series and just being bored with them. No, you were right. <laughs> okay. The old, the old Marvel ones? Then, huh? The old Marvel yeah. ones? Yeah. yeah the old that, Marvel that's where the Green Rabbit comes, comes from. I was <laughs> old enough to know better, and I read them still. Uh, the, the, one I, the only one that I remember, though, was there in, in pursuit of... It's, it's post-Empire. So they're in pursuit of Boba Fett, 
and they're trying to intercept him before he gets Han back to Tatooine. Okay. Which I still think is stupid. It's like, if you know where he's going, why don't you just cut him off there? Go directly to Tatooine and get him oh, so before like, he gives he's it to He's headed Java. to Tatooine. And, yeah. So, so they're chasing him. But uh, meanwhile, he's going to all these other places. Yeah. Chewie, okay. Chewie and, and um, Lando are chasing him. Anyway, long story short, at the end of the, at the you know, spoiler alert here for anybody that hasn't read this, yawn. Uh, in the, at the end of the comic, they find a carbonite block. And they're like, we got it. We got Han back. And they flip it around, and it's one of the little... Uh, uh, Jawas? No, it's one of the, little, the, the the things that were on Cloud City that the actually operated dudes? the the uh, the carbonite freezing little chamber. Pig guys. Yeah. One of them frozen in oh, carbonite. Nuts. And that was that was the, that the right. end yeah. of the comic. That was the that particular... Like, to be continued. And he's like, <laughs> it's not him. It's some other poor soul that got frozen into what, carbonite. What did that Ugg not do? I don't know. Because really, he, probably, he was the test before the test. Because yeah, they weren't sure it was going to work. Test. Ah, it, was, so, it was a pre-test test. So where they take or, him? Or then? maybe why, he why was just why didn't leave him behind? You know, pig, they use the pigs test? for testing a lot because we're you know similar That's to humans. Yeah. So, maybe you know. he was working on the machinery and there was some accident and it got tripped and they couldn't get him out in time, so he got frozen in carbonite. And so let's just take him along for the yeah, hell of it. They're just like it's like oh now we have a decoy. We, we have cargo cargo space decoy. We have oh we stole it by Minch. Minch, I am not. <laughs> we've known for many. We've known many of the major players for Brian Singer's Days of Future Past since the flick was announced. Uh, there's Xavier, Magneto, Wolverine, Kitty Pryde, and so on. But we always knew there was the potential for other mutants. Yeah. Even mutants who didn't feature in the original comic book story. No. Singer revealed names of two mutants through a Vine video that re- revealed a series of canvas chairs on the film set. Each chair has a character's name written on it. The video revealed two chairs with the names Bishop and Warpath. Bishop. Bishop. Time-traveling mutant bishop. Wait, this was something that was officially leaked. They're they slowly panning across chairs? Yeah. That's bullshit. That's just, that's just, you that's red herring. You they think so? They that out there to fuck with people. You think you just put I that so, out there? yeah. I don't know. Bishop is a, a favorite enough character I could see them really putting right. Bishop in there. And I don't know Warpath. Warpath, Warpath was in the... Warpath was a Native American character, and he only existed for about eight issues when they brought back the new... He was he was the first X-Man to die. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do know who he is then. Did All he right. turn into a bear, or he had the strength of a bear? Or? I don't remember what the hell he did. He, he said inner chuck, and it got bigger. Ah, you beat me to it. <laughs> I was this close to saying it. <laughs> Uh, I can no longer grow big. <laughs> coffee and lap. Uh, this next story is is really close to my heart. Yeah, I, I, I just well, I move beamed. the paper away. I it gets further. So you're yeah. you're hoping that we don't just mock you for it? No, you can mock me for it. Oh, okay, because th- I, I deserve mocking for enjoying. Isn't it a Degrassi thing? Yes. No, it's not a Degrassi <laughs> thing. <laughs> you and Kevin Smith. <laughs> If you're not familiar with Chick Tracks. I am familiar with Chick Tracks. I own several. Uh, it's not for Chick's publications lack of trying. They're among the most widely distributed comics in the world, often handed out for free or left in public places. There are many comics in which somebody inevitably finds out that he or she was completely wrong in his or her philosophy of life and must play, pray to Jesus right now. Now, that may sound dull, but it's not. Jack T. Chick has a 
very particular interpretation of Christianity in which the Roman Catholic Church is responsible for every major war in history, not to mention every other religion, all of which are a front for the Pope and Satan. Uh, Good people routinely get tossed into hell, while bad people can go to heaven, provided they say a prayer to Jesus right before death, and this is a good thing. Uh, Satan is also responsible for pop music, animal control, faking evolution, and of course, Dungeons and Dragons. Dark Dungeons. This sounds like some like a Saturday Night Live church lady skit. No, this is, just, this is this is this has been running I'm, forever. I man, know, now. but I mean, it just like that that everything is it's like. Could it be Satan? You gotta go on that for me, though. Yeah, I should. Okay. According to the Dark Dungeons Chick comic, all you really need to know is that it sets out to show that Jack Trick Chick knows the truth behind role playing. It shows that. Playing role-playing games can make you gain real-life magic abilities. If you gain high enough level, you'll be invited to join a secret cult. Uh, Gamers whose characters die are in danger of committing suicide. And that DMs are vile temptresses that are out to corrupt their players with the forces of evil. Dark Dungeons makes mazes and monsters look rational. Indeed. And it's... This one that interested aspiring filmmaker J.R. Rawls. Oh, no. Really? Who contacted Chick Publication for the movie rights. And amazingly, they said yes. And now Rawls is trying to raise money. He claims the movie will be made absolutely seriously and straight-faced while simultaneously offering high-level backers the chance to play RPGs are evil, the role-playing game with him. (laughs) If he gets more than his $12,500 budget... He promises to expand the movie's world into dealing with Cthulhu mythology, among other things, which Jack Chick totally believes exists. If you go into the, yeah. their website, he believes in the Cthulhu mythos. Nice. Uh, there's been attempts to film Chick Tracks before. An unauthorized anthology movie called Hot Chicks uh, can never be released for legal reasons, although it did a festival circuit. Uh, while Chick himself has talked about doing a Jesus movie made entirely out of still paintings, that may or may not have ever been completed. This will be the first authorized live-action adaptation of a chick track. Wow. Um, I, I did go on their Kickstarter page and, and saw their, their video, and you can tell that he is acting serious about it, and it's part of the reason probably why Chick allowed it. And you can tell that underneath that, he's like, this is the fucking funniest thing in the, in the planet. You, this movie has to be made. He's basing it the the line straight out of the track, uh-huh. which these are horribly written comics. Oh yeah, they're they're terrible. Do you, do you own that one? Uh, I have owned it in the past. Yeah, I, I can. I, if you come out one day to K's Commander K's, I will uh, bring it along. Uh, honestly, you don't even have to do it. If you want to see Chick Tracks, go to Chick Publications. They have their own website, and you can literally read every Chick Track they've ever made. Yeah. And if you have nothing better to do, it makes for very entertaining reading. In fact, uh, I remember uh, going to one of those Christian haunted houses, Hell Houses. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, the only one I ever saw in Vegas. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Hell House, this is where they try to scare you into Christianity. Each room shows various real-world horrors, uh, drunk driving, uh, AIDS. Um, abortion. Abortion. Isn't uh, that the one you domestic took Carl abuse. to? I took Carl and, and Anthony <laughs> to it. And, and at the end, the scariest room of all, where they sit you in a room and try to convert you. Mm. But... <laughs> Um, you could be saved. 
So we all left Save there, this. but they had chick tracks like all over the place. And so I grabbed a whole bunch of them. Of course you did. Yeah, because this is great reading. Yeah. And then we went to work the next day and pretended like we were converted and handed out chick tracks to all <laughs> of our fellow Star Trek, the experience. There was some religious bookstore when I was in college that had those, and they were selling them, I guess, at cost is my guess. Yeah. Like, like nine cents. Yeah. And it, I was just like picking up, like, oh, we got a new one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love them to death. Uh, collect the whole goddamn set. I remember when I started working at McDonald's, I would occasionally go out when they would send whoever was up next in the rotation out to go clean the lobby, you know, wipe down all the tables and everything. I would occasionally find them just sitting, you know, conspicuously in the center of the table. Mm-hmm. Somebody had just left one. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, okay. And you think, one, oh, no big deal. There's just one. So you pick it up to go put it in the trash. And then a couple tables later, there's another one right there in the center of the table. And then another, and <laughs> another. It's a message. I get from pissed God. off sometimes. You know, you'll you'll go to like the the restroom, and it'll be one of those tracks sitting there on top of the urinal. Yeah. But it's not a real chick track. It's one of those like one page thing that's folded oh. over. There's no entertainment value at all. There is none. Fuck them. And these these go back. These, this was like 1984, I think, when this chick track was particularly made. And so that would be about right. I, that would have been when I was when I was in college. I would have bought the, it then. At the height of you know Dungeons and Dragons panic fervor, for lack of a better word. Was it ever fervor? It, it depends on where you grew up. I yeah, think true. there was there was mass fervor in the Midwest for sure. Um, I remember it even making it on the news a few times. Just and and, and of yeah. course completely uninformed. You know, oh sure, you know Dungeons and Dragons blamed as a you know reason for suicide and or you know. So I remember right, some some kid in college got lost in a sewer. Is that what happened? Steam tunnels, steam tunnels, and they went down there to. You know, hang out or whatever, and they mob their mom blamed it on D and D. Created Mothers Against Dungeons Dragons. Mad, I think is the official really? name. Yeah, that's an official thing. Mothers Against Dungeons and Dragons. Mad. So how do they Mothers. how do they deal with Mothers Against Drunk Driving, which is also mad? Oh shit! Maybe they took it over. It's, well, that's who knows. M a d d. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's well, they're both M A D N D. Maddened. <laughs> We're both mad. And then Madden. And came then John along. Madden comes in yeah. and is like, oh, because what you see is this guy right here. He's rolling the die, and if he rolls a twenty, he gets it. <laughs> Doesn't he kill people with his game? Madden. Or screw no. up? Then yeah. he screw or kill it? I mean, doesn't like everybody shows up on the cover of Madden? The video game. Oh, there's die. there is no, the quote unquote Madden <laughs> curse. Their career is <laughs> die. The, career the, the is Madden curse dead. is that yeah something like major like they all have a, a season or career ending injury if they wind up on the cover. They, it's it's been proven. They, they, it's not as cool as dying. They analyzed it and you know the percent percentage wise, yes, it seems to be a higher percentage than most if you're on the cover. But they said also from a completely statistical analysis, if you're on the cover of the Madden NFL franchise, you're probably a player that runs more plays than the average NFL player. So you are statistically more likely to get injured anyway. So they said it's it's not it, it's they said calling it a curse is is the same as saying, well, you know, somebody that uh walks to work uh every day is more likely to get a sunburn for not wearing sunscreen and walking half an hour to work, you know. It's no, just, that's it's the, the curse of walking yeah, to like, work. It's the curse of the sun. The, the sun has cursed you. The, or the, the curse of hanging out in Calico for a couple hours. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's just one of those crazy things. 
So the Dark Dungeon Kickstarter, full endorsed by Master Torgo. I gave him 25 bucks how, because how, that gets me the special edition DVD. How close are they? Uh, actually, fairly close. I think that 12000 was the, what they're asking, and uh, they're at like 10000 something. There's a Kickstarter. 21 days to go. There's a Kickstarter for a um, Dr. Demento movie. And like I a think documentary or like yeah, a Yeah, documentary. Fictional. And okay. I think nice. it's like ending in the next day or two. Oh, my God. They have, I mean, because they've done like mini docs in the past yeah. of Dr. Demento, but uh, uh, they, I don't think they've done like a full-on one. Yeah, no, this one's got full cooperation and everything. And, Sweet. Uh, yeah. And Nintendo's financial results briefing, Nintendo president uh, Satoru Iwata said that the company will not be hosting a press conference at this year's E3. The company believes its Nintendo Direct broadcast has satisfied the demand for advertising their new software. Quote, instead, at the E3 show this year, we are planning to host a few smaller events that are specifically focused on our software lineup for the U.S. market, he explained. At E3 this year, we are not planning to launch new hardware, and our main activity will be to announce and have people experience our software. There will be one closed event for American distributors, and we will hold another closed hands-on experience event for mainly the Western gaming media, he added. Nintendo's president also noted that he didn't speak at last year's E3 presentation and is, quote, not planning to speak at these events at E3 show this year either. Yeah, and Gadget was saying that this is like the first time since they've been going to E3 that Nintendo has not done their own pre-show wide reveal. And it was that it's just it's it's kind of becoming the end of an era because they're all doing their own little private events. Sure. Elsewhere, and so they're not doing it as part of E3 anymore. It, 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 but that, I wonder if it's a mistake. And my reason for that is this year, with May 21st, uh, this month, is when Xbox is doing their big announcement. Right. All right. But I believe Sony and a- Xbox are still having E3 things, or is that their E3 uh, things the, is close the, enough? Well, I, the according to the article I read, Microsoft is doing their next Xbox, whatever they're going to call it, event in May, but they are also doing their giant presentation at okay. E3 as well as Sony. Okay, they and that, that makes sense. And the, and the reason is because that's when all of gaming culture focuses on video games that week. That's when everybody gets excited and where the industry gets us excited about the upcoming products over the next year. According to the author of the article I read, he said that the reason they're doing it the way they're doing it, Sony doing their reveal, although not showing actual hardware, even it was really a hardware reveal without showing the finished console. Sure. And uh, Microsoft is doing a hardware reveal, though it's unsure whether they're going to show the actual finished production version of the console or not. But that the reason they're doing the hardware reveal so far in advance of E3 is so that they can focus on the games that are going to be available for current console and these upcoming consoles, and they don't have to fill the show with, not only this that, is our new device. It's an appetizer for the meal. If you're yeah, not, exactly. If, if exactly. you're not showing the console, what are you doing? You're showing a game, and then you're basically showing software. Right. Yeah. Well, Nintendo has to get people excited about games to play on their system. But is in the order problem. to do that, it's not about the system. It's not about the hardware. It's not about the technology, which is why they're not focused on on the right. E3 because they have nothing really hardware to show. And they're going to they're going to they're going to talk about to software vendors. anyway. They're going to talk to their vendors, get their vendors excited. That's where they're failing. But right. they need to be showcasing the games. The games that the that Nintendo has always done well with, those core games that that 
keep people coming back to Nintendo. It's not and just not doing that. But that's never always just been about hardware. We, the, I mean, this is what the, been the longest console cycle ever, and we've had presentations from all three of these guys yeah. over the last six years. And so, how are you going to get your base excited? I'm, I'm saying that maybe they got a better way, and hopefully so. Well, they haven't announced but, anything. Yet, yeah, they. But they need to do is. something because we, we, you, yeah, is is kind it of pu- being ignored now. It yeah. pushed out. Uh, they, uh, it pushed out like half as many units as the Wii. You which got, is which is essentially a discontinued console, and you got big uh, companies pulling out of games that they've pretty much finished yeah, because yeah. they don't think that there's a financial interest in doing it, and so you have developers who aren't interested. You've got a consumer base that isn't interested, and now you're not going to do a big presentation to drum up interest. You're going to do these little small things. Um, that just seems counterproductive. Is, is a Wii U now like the current, uh, current the Wii power is, glove? Oh, that's an excellent question. I mean, it is perhaps well, it is it has an that, accessory. That, so yeah, that, that didn't. And we use an actual console. Yeah, it's a next generation console, really in name it's, only. Yeah, in con- it's a next gen console point five. Yeah, exactly. It's it's what Nintendo should have released as the Wii five years ago. Instead, it's pretty much. It's slightly more powerful than the current Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3, but it's going to be overshadowed power-wise by both Sony and Microsoft's new consoles. Yeah. So, and what's to get excited so, about yeah. games that are coming out now that you played last year? And yeah. also, Nintendo has no plans for new hardware, like another a, a successor to the Wii U, for at least the next three years. So they're already doing the same thing they did with the Wii. They're basically launching a console that's going to be behind the current level uh, systems, and then they're going to be overshadowed by them again. At least that's that's well, my Wii, forecast. The Wii was a success for them, and I think they've kind of built their their uh, their well, next generation based on that, and I think it's going to fail for them because... Because that, that market that really bought into it as like, oh, look at this new fun thing for our television... Uh, the the super casual market, I'll call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the, they the already gra- have the grandma their market. They've got a yeah. Wii. They don't. They, they need, don't, the they don't need this new one that doesn't do much more than what they care about. Most of the them Wii think doing. the Wii U is just an add-on to their current Wii. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And the uh, uh, interesting uh, analysis. I think it was NPD did an analysis of of the casual gamer, which has been you know Nintendo's bread and butter for the last few years with the with the Wii. More of your casual gamers are moving over into mobile gaming, sure. i.e. their phone, their iPad, their tablet, whatever mobile device they have, and they're dwindling. Uh, even like current Wii owners are moving away from playing those casual games just to, you know, that hardcore casual gaming, and they're moving on to these mobile devices. You know where I and see, and so they're playing their Wii less and less. You know where I see Wii competitions in town. Narrower. Senior centers. That's true. <laughs> that is true. And that it says is. a lot. Can't throw my hip out playing Wii well, bowling. They'll be like Wii bowling, you know, like big uh, you know, Wii bowling events. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And that's just it. They play the game that came with the damn thing in the first mm-hmm. place. Yep. Yeah. And don't go <laughs> much further. Yeah, they're not buying much. It came with a game. I don't need more games. They had five games. They bought us one for our EDR at work, and nobody plays it. 
There was like, here's a nice big flat screen TV and a brand new Nintendo Wii well, for all of our employees to yeah, game and relax and enjoy. And nobody touches the damn thing. Because people would see you playing a Wii. <laughs> <laughs> you do look kind of ridiculous playing a Wii. It just kind of goes with the territory. You know, when I go to a bar and I see that they have a Wii there, I don't mind playing it. I don't mind shooting hoops or well, yeah, bowling or whatever. You have but if they had uh, like, Halo, I'd play that too. It's like sure. jumping on that stupid stand-up arcade skiing game. You have to be drunk to do it. Otherwise, you look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> no, you still look like an idiot. You just feel okay well, yeah, about it. Yeah, but you can't yeah. get on it. Yeah. The less shame you have, the more fun it is to play. Yeah. True. Uh, when it comes to tabletop role-playing games, licensing another property or setting can either be a giant burden or a huge boon. It's all a matter of whether the cost outweighs the benefit. With that in mind, if you were really looking forward to more of the Marvel heroic role-playing tabletop RPG from Margaret Weiss Productions... I got bad news for you. From Weiss, quote, We brokered an admittedly ambitious license with Marvel. Our first event, Civil War, was successful and well-received, but it didn't garner the level of sales necessary to sustain the rest of the line. We've learned from this and are taking very different approaches with our other licensed properties we're bringing out to you in the next three years. We believe we created a great game. Those of you who have supported us have been terrific, and we appreciate you. But unfortunately, we will not be bringing any new product out under the Marvel line. What, what is the game? What, what is it an RPG? Or yeah, the a, Marvel tabletop role-playing game from Weiss Productions. Mm. Uh, they released this huge Civil War expansion, like multiple books. And uh, like they said, they was well-received, but nobody bought it. Uh, uh, I never heard of it. So See, there's the problem. I would, that's part of the problem right there. <laughs> yeah, well, Marvel should have been talking about it. Uh, if you if you've got a brokering deal with Marvel, you should have somewhere in that deal where they have to advertise for the product as well. It would help. Yeah, yeah. you would think you'd put in house ads at least. Well, right. I think but if you think of all the licensing thing they do, though, that, oh, there's only so much advertising yeah. space that you have to give away because you, that is paid space normally. Right, but I mean, and a Marvel's lot of the so stuff they on... do is toys and and, yeah. and, and, and fake Thor hammers and stuff. That's different from an RPG where you could actually benefit from having some. In-house ads. I mean, nobody's going to go to the in-house yeah. ad and go, oh, rubber hammer, I'm going to go to Toys R Us right now. It's the same company that has a Firefly license. So ah. so they're, that's one of their other companies. That seems that seem to be doing well. It's brand new, the Firefly RPG hmm. overall. So, yeah. So those of you who didn't play it, go pick it up. <laughs> yeah, you better <laughs> pick, pick, up, pick up cheap now. Pick, yeah. Fire sale. And the University of Victoria in Canada is offering the Science of Batman course in its curriculum. What? Uh, this is directly from the catalog, quoting, The extreme range of adaptability of the human body explored through the life of the caped crusader examines human potential using Batman as a metaphor for the ultimate in human conditioning, evaluates the concepts of adaptation to exercise and injury from perspective of science and exercise training, examines the multiple sciences behind exercise adaptation, uh, musculoskeletal injury and concussion, and limitations of the human body and mind. Wait a second. Are, these a trying to get, uh, are they trying to get nerds to exercise? Yeah. No, it's a smart marketing. Now You're talking about it. Absolutely. Ooh. I would when still. When was the last I time we talked it? about what University of Victoria? You would, is that take, what it was? you would drop out as soon as they put put you on a bench press. Uh, no, <laughs> not if they got the promise of Batman in front of me. Not that carrot swinging. Except in that class, they'd probably have you doing bench presses while people like beat you with sticks. Right. <laughs> like you, baseball badge. Like, wait a second. Oh, I think you can pay for that at the Green Door. I don't want to be Batman. You can't exercise properly unbruised. Everyone yeah. knows this. <laughs> unbruised. 
I'm bruised. <laughs> Thank you. See, I thought maybe they were gonna like examine it like Daddy. from a psychological aspect as well as like you know the technology and so the forth. Science of Batman. Because uh, they did they the did a myth basically was, the science of Batman physiology. Yeah. 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 Did you? Yeah. Did you see the uh, the website, the real estate website that listed Vegas as being the seventh nerdiest city in the country? Nice. No. I heard that, yeah. We are the seventh nerdiest, according yeah. to this website, we're the seventh nerdiest web, um, town in the country. And it has a lot to do with uh, how many comic shops we have, how many game shops we have. And we do have quite a few. So where's capita. your goddamn conventions? Well, that's the problem. It also it also yeah. includes conventions. But the thing is, we have all these sort of half-assed conventions that out-of-towners bring in that fail. Yeah, and they count them, even though they're awful. Gotcha. I'm that same, yeah, that same website. Basically, that I think they go in all the nerdy stuff strictly to get the press. Because I was going through looking at the article, and there's all these other articles like comparing the relative presumed cost of Hogwarts and Howell's Moving Castle. I'm holding out hope for this amazing Las Vegas Comic Con in June. I think uh, the the list of guests they have right now, and supposedly more to be added. Later, if you know things, Jim Lee signed on. I think Jim Lee, Stan, Stan Stan Lee and Jim Lee are both there. Um, seems legit. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like it has a lot of potential. Come when they're both at a con, can you just call them the Lees? Yeah, yeah. Especially if they're on the same panel. In fact, if the panel's not called the Lees. Somebody's doing it wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my grandpappy said, "Yeah, it's a uh, uh, wow." My brain just <laughs> grows up again. That sounds like something your grandpappy would say. Something my grandpappy says too. <laughs> yeah, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. <laughs> We got to go to that. Can you imagine getting a bump from Stan Lee for the show? Oh, <laughs> yeah, awesome. I think the bump would be, get out of my way, kid. You bother me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's Excelsior. it called? What, what, what? Who's this, the famous Paul, and why does he do such a terrible impression of me all the time? <laughs> oh, he does Stan <laughs> rants. If we could get him to rant about the Ugly Cow Show. Oh. <laughs> oh. Let me tell you, true believers, this there, really bugs me. There's this upstart show they call it a show but i don't know full of just vile faux geekiness i don't believe them for a second they're not true believers true believer <laughs> take it from me your beloved generalissimo and the racism <laughs> <laughs> i don't approve that speaking of rants i, I gotta get this out real quick i know we're sure. at the end of the show um we are getting into the summer blockbuster season. Yes. There's a lot of great movies that I want to see coming up. Yes. And I have to give this piece of advice to people out there. Okay. Do not read reviews of the movie you want to see, especially if they're from foreign press. They are loaded with spoilers. Uh, a friend of mine oh no. unfortunately read a review of Star Trek Into Darkness written by a Australian uh Goddamn Aussies. Reviewer. And apparently he laid out the entire fucking movie. Bastard. In his review. Bastard. That is and, not a review. And my friend was like, why do I do this? Why do I read these things? And it, it's a great question. It's like we want to know whether we should or shouldn't go see the movie. But come on, reviewers. You don't have to reveal plot points in the movie. Or in your review, rather, of I, the movie. I think anybody who's listening to the show was going to see that movie anyways. It's just yes. stayed the hell away from the yes. reviews. That's, that's yeah. what I'm just saying. It's like, I was I watching know, this. At the end of the movie, they late released the Genesis Project and Spock's still alive. And I, But it made me think of this, though, at the beginning of the show uh, when we mentioned Iron Man and the fact that 
it had its international release already yeah. and ha- has not hit here yet. It hits uh, this Thursday night. So I'm just, I, I, if I have any piece of advice to give, please stay away from these reviews because reviewers are not doing their due diligence and keeping the elements of the films out of their reviews and writing a review based on their impression of the film alone. You know, so. what? I have to, there's a lot of talk out there about why do we even have a scoring system? Why are we rating things out of stars and numbers and so on? Instead of just re- reading a, a full review, that way you get a full experience of it. With movie reviews, less is more. Yeah, I think the stars numbers thing tells me exactly what you thought of the movie. Yeah, without telling me anything about the movie. Yeah, give me a, give me. Three and a half jalapenos. So if you have to know, just fast forward to the part where it says, you know, four out of five, three and a half stars, seven duplexes out of 17 apartments. I don't care. Movie reviewing is one of those things where everybody thinks they can do it and they can't. There's only so many Roger Eberts. There's only so many people that I can actually do a decent review. Yeah, go back and look at it. We've got a glut. (laughs) Go back and look at Ebert reviews in like, and I'm talking like his written reviews in the paper. Uh, where he'll he'll tell his impression of the film. Mm-hmm. He'll say what he thought, but he never... Well, I, I shouldn't say never. None of the ones that I have read does he ever reveal significant pieces of the film. I think the only time the he audience. does that when the movie is so awful, he's telling you, don't watch it, and here's why. That's very possible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, etc. He still lays out, this is what I thought. You know, I say skip it, or I say go see this. He does not give away significant plot points that are going to ruin it for the average reader and movie viewer. It's it's like poetry. It falls really, really heavily into Sturgeon's Law. Yep. I'd have to agree. I don't know what Sturgeon's Law is. Oh, uh, somebody asked Ted Sturgeon uh, why so much science fiction was crap. Why why 90% of science fiction was crap. And he said, because 90% of everything is crap. Ah. And the, oh, the percentage okay. is a lot higher in poetry. In fact, I'm going to... And movie reviews. I'm going to spoil it right now. I'm going to tell you exactly who Cumberbatch is. Cumberbatch, his character he is playing, is Luke Skywalker. Holy fuck, that makes sense now. That's why J.J. Abrams is doing Star Wars. Boom, there it is. Sorry to spoil the movie for you, geeks. Boom. Now go play sports. (laughs) How does that tie tie back to the future thing with I am, you know, Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan? (laughs) (laughs) I have that shirt somewhere. Yeah, that does. I almost wore it today. I'll work on it. All right. I'm on it. No, I, th- I think there's a tie in there. I think they, they crosses from Star Wars into Star Trek into Back to the Future. Well, not once Disney buys this Back to the Future, you're going to see it. It's gonna they'll work it out. Disney will never own Back to the Future. They're going to buy Universal straight out. Universal makes too much money on. They're going to buy Universal out from under them. Disney will own they Universal. Will own everything. And then also Norman Bates will be on the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> Mother, nope. no. <laughs> I was going to try and do a Norman Bates, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it. Oh, God, mother, <laughs> blood. So I was watching uh, Simpsons la- uh, last night, night before. It was from my DVR, and a Star Trek commercial came on, or yeah. a trailer, and I ran from the room, covering my ears, <laughs> going, la, 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 la. I can't see this. The last trailer I saw was a had bit, a big reveal in it that I much. was like, God damn it. Why are you showing me this yeah, now? I, I mean, my hope is that 
the reveal in the trailer is bigger in the movie, and it's just what they showed me yeah. is so much more. What's in the movie is so much more than what they showed me in the trailer. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm sitting there going, "It's hard, motherfucker. It's Why hard. are you showing this? This you, is something that I would love to be surprised to see in the theater. You got to actively yep. fight it." So I have fight. I have stopped watching all the trailers, which sucks because I have the the Star Trek app on my phone for Into Darkness. <laughs> so it's and constantly it, well, giving it you. Gives you well, it gives you um like uh things to uh, like uh like you go scan pictures or you you uh you can scan uh, like if you're listening to a clip from you know an interview or something. If you hold the phone up to that, it hears it. You get points and you get ranking. Like I just finished uh ranking up to captain but it's it's a fun little thing and right. you, you find a little like behind the scenes stuff from not just into darkness or the 09 movie but like almost all the movies there's like some great behind the scenes pictures from star trek 4 that popped up um on these various so it's really? kind of like a it's like a seek, uh, um, like a hunt game like a uh uh, scavenger hunt. Scavenger hunt. Thank you. I don't, my brain just stopped working. It, it's there for passing a from me because I haven't been able to run a sentence together. It's contagious. But uh, but yeah, it's a scavenger hunt. You get to go and it unlocks content that's specific to the app, and you get to watch like little video clips of you know various actors and in the various uh, incarnations of Star Trek. So it's it's kind of a neat little app. But at the same time, two of the last things that they did were clips of the film like two minute clips of the film that I was passively watching so that I did not it did not seep into my He's ready brain. Ready to throw his phone against the wall if he has to. You weren't willing to just turn it off and, and miss ranking up. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it says I something mean, for the game I, where I can you ignore this, the, but I can, won't be able to be captain. Well, that I, you I want the game but you don't want the rewards. That says a lot about the game. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. What about your game? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com and uh, watch uh, Ugly Couch Show. We tell you what to watch, what to read, what to play. We, we do it. For real. It's yes. coming. Episode. Swear to God. I just watched the last one today. I, I, somehow I missed the fact you guys have posted that one with, with Just in it. Yes. Looks good. I'm in it. There's another one with that him uh, coming up here pretty there's, quick. There's, yeah. there's, have the duck tongue ran, right? Yes. Yeah, it was yeah, that yeah, with the duck, duck tongue. tongue was awful. The duck, it was, uh, yeah. It was, uh, meh. It was, I was here for the screening, of the filming of another one, and the yeah, food in that, that is was, even more awful. That was well, you tried that. <laughs> I did try that, but not on camera. Yeah. Didn't the duck yeah. tongue have kind of a Vienna sausage? It did. Yeah. Yeah. It Vienna like, sausage yeah. is the very thing you guys yeah. said. Yes, yeah. but I, I seem to remember just like now that that was mentioned, the whole scent memory thing just popped into my brain. I was like, I seem to remember it's canned meat, like canned meat, canned yeah. meat smell. So new new stuff. We're gonna I have to buy some. Some new stuff for what's going on in my mouth. Other than that, we just reopened the package of zombie mints. I still have those. Oh, good lord. So, but until next time, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Just Michael. Fact check Dandy. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Yay. Yeah. That, uh, you know, the Mangria there is not very good. Uh, I, I, I like it. I mean, it's not something you, I'm like. You can finish mine then. I'm, I'm not explosively diarrhea all over it, but it's. And the thing is, I love sangria, and I'm like sitting here drinking this going, That's this just does it. not taste like sangria. sangria. No. It's I, think, I think you have to leave, get that out of your mind. I guess it, so. To me, it tastes like red wine that somebody poured other things into. Yeah, it really does. Oh, that's what sangria Which is, is not sangria. Isn't well, sangria is. That's what you is, think sangria is until you taste this, and you're like, okay. Yeah. There that's are a, some. That's a wide. 
yeah. variety of things. You this is fucked wine, with wine red wine. Yeah. There are some sangrias where they do add things uh, like other alcohols to it, but typically your sangrias are uh, some type of red wine. Usually it's a red blend of some kind, like a California red blend, and they put uh, fruit and berries and so forth in it, and you let it marinate for days. And... Uh, it absorbs those flavors, and by the way, if you uh, let it sit for days and you eat the fruit, you will get the most incredible buzz, because your yeah. fruit is loaded with alcohol. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like eating, it's like it's chewing it, vodka or something it, like is that. Is it better than eating the worm? Yes. Well, it wow. is better. I'm going to go ahead and I have a little cumberbatch yes, in mine. It's good. Wait, really? <laughs> Who put the cumberbatch in there? What's that smell? It's something cuddly. And something ugly, special too. It's wonderful, it's lovable, unique. Hey, it's you. 